Good morning. Uh, joining us from Conyers, we should say. All right, uh, your understanding, uh, I gather your understanding squares with that of Tim Eccles. Uh, at least as far as November is concerned, this election is a no-go. That's correct. It is a no-go. It has been postponed until the appeals case is heard from the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. And this has been an interesting ride for you. I mean, you, you this ain't your first rodeo in terms of being in court here. Uh, there was a residency issue that dealt with your candidacy and your qualifications also resolved, and we should say resolved in your favor. That's right. Um, I was challenged on my residency by the state of Georgia, but it actually originated with Commissioner Eccles, who provided my personal home address to the commission chair, and we were able to obtain the text where he sent her my address and she took my address and then revised her first draft of the PSC map to eliminate Gwinnett County, where I was living at the time, from District 2 so that I could not run against Commissioner Eccles. So he was directly involved in that disqualification. And I appealed that disqualification. It went to court and... Um, Fulton County Superior Court judge reviewed all of the records and the documents and ruled in my favor that I was inappropriately targeted and my First Amendment rights and 14th Amendment uh, constitutional amendment rights were violated and that I should be put back on the ballot. And so that, I, you're right, not my first rodeo. No, and as it happens, as you say, you, you're back on the ballot, but now the whole thing is off the ballot, post two and three, District two and three, Fitz Johnson, uh, the incumbent yes. in three, and, and not going to happen. What is your understanding of when it might happen and how that impacts your, your status as a candidate? I don't know when it might happen. Um, so, yeah, it is in federal court. It's gone through the federal court system. The original judge ruled that the elections violated the Civil Rights Act, sorry, the Voting Rights Act. Um, I wanted to correct a couple things Commissioner Edwards, I'm sorry, Eccles said, mm-hmm. and that is um, that he, he pretended that all of this was done by the Democratic Party and had nothing to do with racism, when in fact, while the Democrats were in control in the 90s, as we know, the state of Georgia flipped from Democrat to Republican control because the Democrats were conservative and were not the Democrats we think of as today. So while uh, Zell Miller was involved in it, Zell Miller was a segregationist and did work for Lester Maddox, who is a staunch segregationist. So, yes, that was very much about race, and it was very effective because, in fact, no black person has been elected to the public service. Well, one person was in 143 years, but that person was elected only because he was already an incumbent after having been appointed, and the power of incumbency is quite strong. So he did win one election and then lost the second election, and that was it. No, hardly any women have ever been one woman in 143 years and one black person in 143 years. So this lockout that the state has with these um, elections that are statewide, but the residency requirement that are district wide has been very effective. Again, Patty Durand with us, a Democratic candidate for a seat on the Georgia Public Service Commission. Uh, why do you want to be on the PSC? Let's let's just pretend the election is going to happen at some point, and it will at some sure. point. Why, why do you want to be yeah. on the Public Service Commission? Right. So as Mr. Eccles said, I do work. I did work in the energy industry. I have 15 years of experience. 
and we produced my my nonprofit produced research around consumers and what they want and what they know when it comes to grid modernization. And in 2019, the Georgia Public Service Commission authorized Georgia Power to default enroll customers that are moving into new construction. And you can just drive around Atlanta, Savannah, any city and see dozens and dozens of buildings being built to default enroll them onto a predatory rate plan that's a demand charge rate plan, which is very complicated. And I went to see Commissioner Eccles to find out why they did that, because there's a lot of credible research that shows that rate plan harms low-income consumers. And I couldn't believe it passed. I was shocked. And so when I went to see him, who at that time was not my opponent and I had no intention of running, he was factually incorrect on the details of the plan. And I was really disappointed that he was not protecting consumers as I expected a commissioner to do. As they call it, Georgia Power calls it smart usage, by the way. So it's got a euphemistic name, but it's a demand charge, and it raises bills. And I've been doing analysis since then. The plan went into effect. And the analysis I've got from the five people who sent me their bills is it raised their bills 30 to 120 percent if, if they had stayed on the traditional plan. And you and Commissioner Eccles talked a lot about his electric vehicle and his clean energy road show, but that's not his job. I drive an electric vehicle. Who cares? His, him, the vehicle he drives has nothing to do with his job that we elect him to do, which is to protect consumers from monopoly power and be a check on a monopoly. And that he is not doing. And so once I discovered that the demand charge rate plan was approved and that he was unfamiliar with the details of it, even though I had brought research down, and other experts had provided the commission with research. And even though the commission staff themselves opposed the rate plan, the commissioners all voted for it, including Commissioner Eccles. So then I started looking into everything else the commission was doing, including Commissioner Eccles' record, and I was appalled and disappointed, and I just realized someone has to do something. I gather you're so less than enthusiastic about Plant Vogel and, it's, uh, and what's been happening with that over the past few years also. Well, I'm disappointed, again, that the commission is not protecting consumers because that power plant has no cost cap. And there's a little saying that I like to say that the plant needs a budget, not a blank check. And the commission has given them a blank check. There's literally no amount that's too much for this plant. And there's no customer protection. So should the uh, should Georgia Power Southern Nuclear go over X budget, say, then they're responsible for the cost of overruns. But they didn't even do that. All of the risk is on Georgia Power and the rest of customers because every type of utility in Georgia has bought into this plant. And the risk and that you know, the disappointment is we already pay the eight highest electric bills in the nation. We're already in the top ten from previous decisions they've made to not protect consumers. So imagine when this plant comes online next year, the first unit in 2023 and the second unit in 2024, supposedly. It's the eighth estimate, so we'll see. Our bills are going to go up so shockingly high that people are going to stop saying what you said in 50 years, people won't care. Because what I'm looking at is in five years, and people very much will care when they can't afford their electric bills. And right now, Georgia Power already disconnects 12,000 people every single month from not being able to afford their electric bills. 
and they will care. And it's interesting to me that Commissioner Eccles likes to talk about how if there's a carbon cap, how great it'll be. Meanwhile, he writes essay after essay against the Green New Deal, against the Clean Power Plan for exiting the Paris Climate Accords. He doesn't care about climate change. He's on record not uh, wanting to address it. But he uses it to his benefit when he wants to justify a power plant that's 100 percent over budget and seven years behind schedule. Well, we would look at Patty Duran, Democrat candidate for a seat on the Georgia Public Service Commission, if and when the election will be held. We'd look at, for example, I know I'm about to go worst case here, but we'd look at California, a state that has embraced every green policy, every green environmental policy and energy policy that comes down the pike. Heat wave comes along and they can't keep the electricity running. They're shutting down air conditioners telling me not to do my laundry in California. And yeah. and, and, and at least in Georgia, uh, which compared to, and we're not the only state out there, but compared to other states, the energy is relatively inexpensive and almost completely reliable when compared to states that have embraced some of the green policies, most notably California. So California has a couple of things. One, there's 43 million people living there, so let's keep that in mind. And two, that state, if you're living in that state paying an electric bill, you're paying a lot less than you're paying living in Georgia. The problem with California, though, is that they do not have a commonly known and well-accepted, well-working program called Demand Response, where they can ask people to reduce their energy use and then they pay them a fee or a rebate. What I learned when I ran the Smart Energy Consumer Collaborative is that demand response is actually happening in nearly every state, and it's very affordable. Customers can engage around energy. They can meet their values around reducing their energy bill or reducing their carbon emissions, or maybe they love technology. Those are the things we studied is what makes people care about and engage with energy now that we have an electric grid that they can engage around energy because of the Internet. And so California has not done a good job with demand response, but neither has Georgia. We don't have demand response here either for residential customers. So what, what, and and the reason why is because Georgia Power doesn't want it. And the reason why they don't want it is because they just can overbuild. And then because the commission doesn't require any kind of cost saving measures like demand response, like energy efficiency and many other programs, rooftop solar, for example, mm. while Commissioner Eccles is talking about his Clean Energy Roadshow, he's not talking about the fact that the commissioner has blocked rooftop solar's most important program, net no. metering. All right, Patty Duran, we're up against the bottom of the hour. Sorry, we got to leave it there. The website is Patty for PSC, pattyforpsc.com. Patty Duran, at some point, yes, this election does get on the ballot. Best of luck out there. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you.